across South Africa, online and on radio. SAFM, let's talk. It's amazing sometimes what science can do. Imagine trying to work on pollen to try and work out how climates have changed over the years and to try and understand how the world has changed. Now, pollen is in some ways one of the most fragile things I can think of. And yet scientists say they may be able to work out how pollen shifted and how vegetation shifted in the Eastern Cape and the Bafiansklöf area around 3,300 years ago because there was a big fire there. How do you do it? Well, it's not obvious to you. Obviously, you use the droppings of a particular animal. The animal is called the Hyrax. You probably know it better as a dassie. Lynn Quick is a senior research fellow at Nelson Mandela University. Been working on this. Lynn, good morning. Good morning. Thank you for having me on show. It's quite amazing, really, because pollen is very fragile, and yet it is preserved in the droppings in the dung of dassies. How well preserved is it? Very well preserved. Um, whereas most people think that, that, as you say, that pollen might be quite fragile. You think just because it's microscopic, it's it's going to be easily lost and, and dissolved within the record. But because it has a really, really resistant to decay outer shell it is able to be very well preserved up until the or back in in time up until when when first flowering plants were were establishing itself in the earth so yes super well preserved especially in this unique archive that we use (laughs) and then what can the pollen tell you about the vegetation that was in an area at the time and i presume the pollen comes from plants so you can tell it's evidence that there were plants there and the type of plants Exactly. That's the logic we use. So the the pollen grains don't change. They don't evolve over the time spans that we're looking at. So if we discover, say we are 3000 years ago and there was proteas around, we can then go back in time and identify those protea pollen grains. And there's a direct link. And we know that that means that protea plants were growing in that area at the time. So when you see the pollen, you can identify the pollen to a certain taxonomic level. You can then have some idea, not precisely, but get a relative sense of what the vegetation community structure was like at different given times in, in the past. Um, do you run into a problem where if suddenly, for example, there's no uh, protea pollen it doesn't necessarily mean that there are no proteas from that time. It just means that there's no pollen that survived, that was preserved. Exactly, yes. So that's why it's, everything is sort of relative and we, we, we can't say precisely that um, the absence of no types of pollen mean that there wasn't those plants living at the time. Um, but it does give us a rough idea. And because pollen is so well preserved and produced in large quantities in a general sense from most flowering plants, um, we, we, we get this, this sort of buildup of assemblages of vegetation types as opposed to like specific species, etc. So how different was the world, you know, around Buffy Anscliffe three and a half thousand years ago? I mean, was it very different to now? Obviously, um, probably very few, if any, human dwellings. But apart from that, was it very different? It's, that is sort of where we see the the beginnings of 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 what the vegetation looks structure looks like now. So, it was a little bit different before that sort of tipping point that we could say, at three thousand three hundred years. Um, from there, we see a lot of thicket vegetation that we currently will experience if you go into um, some of those kloofs within the Bavians kloof. So, it, it it was it was pretty much the same. Long long uh, short story. <laughs> Um, uh, is there something particular about this animal, about the dassie, that preserves the pollen so well? Or is it just because there are so many of them around? 
No, they are very special animals and we're very lucky to have them here in Southern Africa because they live in, they're pretty scared and run away from, from predators like eagles. So they have very much of a community nature. And the fact that they live in communities of 50 to 80 individual dussies at any given time um, means that they, and because they specifically all use a communal latrine, a toilet, that that fact within their their characteristic means that these middens, these piles of fossilized urine, are preserved within times and within these rocky crevices. So they are they they're pretty unique. The the the, uh, the sort of science is is lended from previous studies done in Australia and South America with similar animals. But would we really have the best in terms of the midden um, architecture that we can we can we, we use from these dusty middens? Thank you very much indeed. Really appreciate the time. Lynn Quick is a senior research fellow at Nelson Mandela University. What you can tell from Dung.